0: Annie, do you want to go first? So, just introduce yourself before you start, and then you're responding to the topic How have schools failed black boys?
1: Hi, thank you. Good afternoon, all. Um, so, my name is Emmanuel, Emmanuel Awayelu. I'm a primary school teacher, a senko, um, a governor in a school in Newham, and I teach and I work with young people with social, emotional, and mental health, and I also um, I'm also a director for a charity project called The Reach Out Project. So yeah, I guess to start off with, how um, have schools for black boys? I mean, the easiest way to do it is to is just to talk about my own personal experience. So I I I went to a school um, in an area I guess that would be classed as as quite a racist area. So I went to a Roman Catholic school in Bermondsey. I won't name the school, but I went to a school in that area and I mean, my first experience of school was quite a pleasant experience. Um, I, I remember vividly walking into that school for my fourth birthday. And after that, I have to say that many experiences that I had after that weren't so positive. I actually think to myself that, uh, my memories are quite limited part, partly because of the trauma that I experienced whilst I was in school. And so I guess to summarize, um, Primary school was very difficult for me. My mum used to get called into school quite regularly. Uh, you know, she used to get calls saying that, uh, an incident had, ha- had happened with myself or with another pupil. And so when my mum was coming, she would then find that there were other young people that were involved in the same situation, but, you know, their parents weren't being called in or the, or the, the consequences always seemed a bit, a bit more harsher for myself. And so they, they kind of became like a, a theme there where I was get, my mum was getting called in for different incidences. And my mum didn't necessarily think that they were serious enough for her to be getting called in. And at some point she then actually got approached by the school who asked if she felt, uh, you know, that I might have needed some support. Some, some support because they thought that maybe there was something psychologically or mentally quite wrong. And uh, my mum, being from Nigeria, not being born here came, here, came here in the 80s. She wasn't too aware of some of the terms that they were using at the time. And so for her, naturally, she rejected that. She said, you know, I don't want my son to be part of any intervention because for her, she was part worried that what was already happening um, was that, you know, the me in particular, I was being labelled in the school, but then she was also noticing it with, with other young people. And so what, what kind of happened as I was going through school was a community kind of, Uh, a community was built amongst uh, the black parents of black students in the school. And so obviously, naturally they would talk and what they were figuring out is actually that the treatment that I was getting was quite similar to the experience, uh, was quite similar to other young people in the school, other young boys in the school. And I remember this quite well actually, when I was in year three, I believe, um, there wasn't many of us black students in the school by the way, and so what was happening was we were all being clustered together initially, uh, you, you might have five or six of us in, in in a classroom at a time, and by the time we got to year three, the school actually made a decision to separate the black students uh, from their classes. So rather than having five, six, seven of them all in the same class, they purposefully spread spread them out. And I remember that just because I remember my my mum and my dad being quite angry at the time, with also other other family friends who experienced the same thing. And, uh, you know, as a young child, I was able to pick up on some of the conversations my parents were having. And that's when I really started hearing the term, you know, racist, but without actually understanding it for myself. And so, you know, fast forward, I had, a, had, a, you know, there's many negative experiences I had in that school. But one that stood out for me in particular was when I was in year four. There was a teacher, a very big, big, big guy. Um, And he. I remember quite well, I was in the classroom. um I was doing what a seven or eight-year-old would do. I was probably talking whilst the teacher was talking. Something, you know, not too not too serious. And I remember that the class teacher actually asking me to stand up in front of the whole class. And uh, it was an opportunity for him to basically berate me in front of everybody. And what was quite confusing for me at the time is what he was accusing me of doing, other students had done, but no one else was being treated in the same way. And I think for the first time, it really clicked in my head that, you know what, I don't know what it is about me, but it's something that this teacher and other members of this this school, they don't like. They don't like me or there's something about me that that they don't take to and i couldn't really put my finger in it. i didn't know what but that's when i started to really feel like you know what maybe this place isn't for me and so you know fast forward by the time i got to year five um i actually experienced my first exclusion um a very in my opinion a very silly situation as well the, the class teacher was was talking um she then asked me to answer a question i didn't know the answer to the question because i, I think i wasn't listening and she asked me to stand up again she you know, told me off in front of the whole class, quite, quite, in quite an embarrassing way. And you know, throughout the academic, yeah, I, I used to hear the teacher say for crying out loud, it was just one of those things she used to always used to say. So as she was telling me off, and I went to sit down, I remember muttering under my breath for crying out loud. That escalated. She asked me to leave the classroom, and then you know, after ten minutes of standing outside, which was quite a normal punishment, you would stand outside for ten minutes. Um, she came out and instead of her asking me to come back in the building again, in, into the classroom, she asked me to go to the head teacher's office. And uh, long story short, that ended up in me being excluded and I, I never went back to that school again. And so so that was kind of like my first experience of, of, of exclusion. And that first part of my primary school experience was quite a negative one. And as a result, because, the, because it had such a negative impact on my family and obviously, you know, my parents being from an Nigerian background, that was quite... It was quite traumatic for them because obviously they put ed- they class education as something very serious, very, something very significant. to see it as, you know, the key to opening many doors and opportunities. And for them to have their, their eldest uh, child being excluded at such a young age for them was quite a big deal. So, you know, they made the decision to move me from South London and I moved to East London. Uh, I went to a primary school, uh, in East London, which I'll, I will proudly say, uh, was a very, very good school. It was called Vicarage School in East Ham. And, uh, I had a brilliant, yeah, um, and, you know, my experience in my old school was so bad that uh, the name that I used to go by in my old school, I used to go by Sean, which, funny enough, isn't actually my name. My name's actually Olawa Sean, which is a, a Nigerian Yoruba name. And uh, from very young, the school, I don't know if it was on purpose or what, but they made a decision to change it to Sean. Maybe they thought it was a mistake, so so that the U that was in my name turned to an A, and rather than my name being Sean, it turned to Sean. So like many of my friends, for example, that knew me in that period of time, they'd refer to me as short. And so I remember when I first went to my new school, the first thing that the, I think it was the secretary of the receptionist said to me, they said, you know, what would you like to go by? And I remember looking at my mum and I said, to her, I want to be called Emmanuel because for me it was kind of almost like a new start, an opportunity to kind of start again with a new experience. And so I had a brilliant year in that school. And then fast forward, I went to secondary. And, you know, what? the theme was kind of roughly the same. Although I didn't hate secondary school, it wasn't a negative experience. Most of my positive experience about school was kind of more based around the friendships and the lifelong friendships that I developed within that time. In terms of um, my academic ability, I always used to get told, you know, you've got massive amounts of potential, um, you know, you can do well, but what was happening was I wasn't doing particularly well in school. And so my parents were getting quite frustrated. Fast forward, I got to year 10, an incident had happened, um, it didn't need to escalate the way it did, and uh, the school made a decision to exclude me. And then it wasn't a permanent exclusion, but I was I was I was suspended and told not to come into school for a period of time with another student. We came back, and then I was internally excluded for the rest of that uh, academic year. GCSE year was coming up after that, and uh, I was limited to only taking a number of my GCSEs: maths, English, and science, and, and an extra curricular activity. I think it was drama at the time. And um ultimately, I ended up leaving school just for GCSEs. And so, as you know, that kind of um, impacted, you know, what I could then do next, because when I went into college, I couldn't then go on to do the A-level straight away. And so I've always kind of felt like I was a step backwards or, you know, I wasn't where the rest of my peers were as a result of that. So, um, so yeah, so for me, that's my negative experience from school. Um, But to be fair, it's because of that experience that I made a decision to then become a teacher because I strongly felt that, The narrative that I've just told now, um, it needed to change. And I wanted that experience for young black boys to be different. And so that's the reason why I made the decision to go into teaching and to do the work that I do now. Um, So, yeah, I think I summarized as much as I could.
0: A six-year-old student named Kaya was sitting in her school's office.
2: Okay, she's going to have to come with us now.
0: That's a police officer. This video comes from his body camera. At first, it seems like Kaya doesn't know what's happening. Earlier that day, Kaya had a tantrum. Three school employees said that she had kicked them. The school called the police, who arrested Kaya on charges of misdemeanor battery. I don't want really to believe that. Police dropped the charges after Kaya's grandmother sent this video to the Orlando Sentinel. Kaya's case isn't an isolated incident. A five-year-old girl being handcuffed by police in Florida.
3: For a year, he could not sleep alone. He uh, put handcuffs on me.
0: Tossed
4: to the ground by a school resource officer.
0: What you're seeing are the effects of a larger problem in American schools. The U.S. doesn't treat all students equally, but if we wanted to, we could do something about that. The next president could decide if that happens.
3: All right. So that was um, coming from Vox, V-O-X. You guys can check them out on YouTube. And there's a reason why I'm playing some of these testimonials from these beautiful black young men, um, just to kind of give you guys some context from their point of view. Um, I'm a I'm a, a African-American woman, so I had um, similar experiences in, in school. <clears throat> but of course, for whatever reason, they kind of go easier on the women than they do on the men. So if you have sons, if you have uh, nephews, you have brothers, right, little brothers and things of that nature, or big brothers that are in uh, primary secondary school, right, or what we call elementary middle or high school, these are things that you need to be aware of because a lot of times, um, with the hub and bub and the bustle um, and the busyness of everyday life if you have other children, and then if you have a romantic relationship, do you have hobbies and stuff you like to do as a parent as a mom or a dad, a lot of times we don't really listen to our children or we, they won't tell us the exact. Things what's going on at school. So it's very important for us to know it's not just about like bullying and fighting. It's also about how the staff, um, which like the teachers, the therapists, the social workers at the school, the principals, the assistant principals, um, the teacher's assistants. Right. The janitors, how they are interacting with the children. And you only get to know that by speaking to your children every day. You could just ask them, hey, what happened at school today? How how did school go? And you'll start to hear if they, they feel comfortable speaking to you, you'll start to hear certain names, right? Of maybe of bullies, which I know I definitely have. It'd be like the same few names and then you'll start hearing um how things are handled, right? And then of course we know that um it's stated here that um African American males are two thirds. The, the the uh the study showed that they are two thirds of students that is getting suspended on the first offense. So if they're like defending themselves and fighting, right? If bullying is going on, the school will minimize that, but then they'll maximize the child's reaction. That's a problem. That's a problem. Um, So that's why actually African-American people are actually, um, the the studies have shown that the percentage has increased of people that are actually homeschooling their children, in particular, um, the boys, right? Um, you can kind of take the girls so far, but then the fighting and all of that type of stuff, it just becomes to be too overwhelming. If you're trying to work, if you're trying to live your life, you don't want to worry about the mental, physical safety um, of your child when they're going to school. They're actually supposed to be going there to get an education, um, not going there to get berated or to get picked on or, um, you know, uh, singled out or anything like that. Right. Um, so I'm going to actually play again. This is I'm um, talking about the number of parents. Pulling children out of public schools, okay? Let's get this one here.
2: More families than ever are turning to homeschooling and many are citing the learning loss concerns and the whiplash of ever-changing policies.
0: Census data from 2020 shows the rate of Georgia parents pulling their children out of public schools went from 7% to 16%. And as Savannah Levin's reports, that trend is continuing.
2: All right, man, go ahead. Six-year-old Adorn McCallum. I think I could jump over this thing. Is taking a break from class. Hi, Mom. In the middle of a weekday. Don't get stuck on TV. His schedule is pretty much his own these days. Hold on. Ever since Mom Christina switched him to virtual homeschool.
0: It's going really well. Every day I'm amazed at his progression.
2: Her decision, in part based on a cross-country move to Georgia and an advanced child. 1,000 plus 2,000 equals 3,000. Who knows it, by the way? I can't do it in my head. But she says the pandemic was the real tipping point.
0: We kept on getting messages from the school saying, okay, we're going to open up and bring the kids in. Never mind, we're not going to do that. And it was really back and forth.
2: Online homeschool platform Time for Learning says enrollments on their site have doubled over the past two years across Georgia. Founder John Edelson says it's the biggest growth they've seen since they launched nearly 20 years ago. I think the chaos that goes on in a lot of schools helps drive people to try homeschooling. Learning loss is a huge problem. It's very hard for the schools to address it. A Georgia State study released last year found substantial learning loss among Metro Atlanta students, with some groups losing the equivalent of seven months or more in areas like reading and math. I'm very empathetic to the schools. It's very difficult for them to move as quickly as they need you to address this. But in homeschooling, you have the flexibility and you have the control to do the right thing for your child. It's not for everyone, but the McCallums say... It works for
0: them. Um, I'm learning about his strengths. I'm learning about what he wants to work on and improve. We might do homeschool forever. It's it's going pretty well.
3: In 2017, nearly 80% of public school teachers were white. 7% were black.
5: Growing up, I may have seen three or four black teachers, and I didn't have any of them.
4: Florida, it's very rare to see like a black teacher, a black doctor, a black lawyer. So I struggled trying to see myself and like educated people.
3: A very vivid memory that sticks with me. I walked into the first day with my little uniform and my backpack, and I was really excited. And I was the only person of color in the classroom. I remember thinking very clearly, I am different.
4: who I could confide in, who like understood where I was coming from. So part of what I wanted to do is help, you know, African-American girls who are kind of searching for the same thing. Like I wanted to be that person.
3: At my college, that was the first time I had someone standing up in front of me that looks like me. And that was really transformative. a big reason as to why I wanted to into the classroom
5: myself and kind of get back. I was married, I started having kids, and you always come to that question, what's the lasting impression you want to leave? Looking at my kids, I kind of figure out, I just want to be an influence where maybe I haven't had those influences in my life.
3: I didn't come into the classroom knowing kind of all the statistics, I kind of came very bright-eyed and very bushy-tailed and just thinking oh i want to teach very very quickly you understand the stakes are really high for black and brown students who i get to see every single day a lot of students
5: they don't want to talk to you you you're told to stay quiet stay low stay humble so most of them have a hard time just opening it up and talking about just anything
4: Sometimes, like, I'm able to sit down with kids and, like, really talk to them, and those are, like, always my favorite moments because I come from a really, like, rough background, and so, you know, it's always, like, surprising to kids to hear, like, oh, this teacher who grades me, she has a similar background, and if they're ready to talk, they'll come talk, and if they don't want to talk, they don't. I get that.
5: tell people what I do. Um, Usually being a black man, no one's expecting me to be a teacher. So I'm usually disrespected on a daily. (laughs) When they find out I'm a teacher, you can see the respect level change. They act and they talk to me differently. I kind of find that part disrespectful, that you would change the way that you talk to me just because of what I do.
4: I'm very proud of the fact that I'm a teacher. Um, And depending on who I'm talking to, I feel either really, really good about it or like, okay, you guys can stop talking about it now. People just seem shocked sometimes to hear that there's a black person who's educated, who teaches children.
3: The impact that I'm making is going to be slightly different on my kids than the impact that some of my colleagues are gonna make. But also like it's a responsibility that I Sometimes I'm not always, like, aware of how to navigate.
5: You have to make sure you uphold your integrity every single day. Even though sometimes I might want to get mad at something small, where another teacher may get mad at something small and it's acceptable for them. All those students are looking up to me and looking to see what you do in situations. But it's good to see that what I do and say may have a lasting effect on someone else's life.
3: Alright, you can find more about that at Edutopia. I love that name. Edu, that's E-D-U-T-O-P-I-A. And I know this is like a little bit of a uh change of I've been talking about relationships and getting ourselves together and joking around, but this is important, you know. Um, we have children, we have children to go to school, um, whether it's public school or private private schools, right? But there are more people that are actually starting to homeschool, okay, or do what they call virtual online school. Um Where, you know, a lot of us parents were worried about, like, the social aspect. I know I definitely am. But if you really want to look at it, do you really want your children, like, socializing, like, with kids that are, like, bullying them or they're learning bad behaviors, you know what I'm saying, from children that are not being raised the way that you're raising your children? um, And then the staff is, like, nonchalant or um, unprofessional, right, Or they don't really have, like, degrees in psychology, so they don't understand children's psychology, Um, If they did, it's really outdated. Um, A lot of the staff will say, well, I've been working here for 10 years or 20 years and I got my degrees in 98. Well, that was over 20 years ago, right? So what have you done recently? What have you read? What have you brushed up on recently? Not only to watch the culture, but also to see how the children have changed. The whole uh, society has changed. So of course, what you learned in 98 or 88 is going to be completely different um, right now, when it comes to dealing with these children, so that's important, right? And never, never, never feel ashamed. If you don't feel that a school is the right fit for your child, it is okay to take them out. It really is. Do online school. they have tons of resources available. You guys can google it and do what's best for your family. and then you might have something open up. There are charter schools, um there are private schools, right that you might have to save up for or that you can fill out maybe for some scholarships, for some tuition for your children. You have to do what's best for you and your family. Now, you might have several children where um, outside school works for some of them and then homeschool work for the others. You have to pick and choose. Each child is different. Um, Each child has different needs, and we all want as parents for our children to be safe. We want them to have the best life that they can have, even better than ours. And sometimes that calls for us to pull them out. Right. And so this is talking about I'm going to be opening up a conversation, speaking about homeschooling, um, which is very, very interesting to me. I think that it's a great thing um that you can kind of homeschool. They have co-op groups available, local homeschooling uh, groups available where you can do like joints. Um, if you worry about the social aspect, you set up play dates for your children. You guys can go on field trip with other parents. Right. Whereas there you. You're not chaperoning at somebody's school. You're actually taking your child out there and getting out there to those museums, those science fairs and all sorts of good things. Right. And then if your child has special needs, if they need occupational therapy or speech therapy, they also have that available online as well. OK, I found that out during the um, pandemic where you can pay They have really good prices. It's not a lot or if their insurance allows it. Right. You want to make sure you fill out for everything free possible that they can receive. There might be a waiting list, six months to a year, and in that six months to a year, you can utilize maybe free resources, free. Um, there are a lot of um, speech therapists and occupational therapists, even teachers that have channels on YouTube where you can kind of utilize that. You know, we have to work; we have to start from here and build somewhere. So uh, this is Humble Dame coming to you guys. Let's just be more mindful, especially of our African-American children or ethnic children, um, and ask them, what is your experience in school, really? You guys have a wonderful day. Bye.